Yes, so it's sorry, because I had to gather myself real quick um, to talk about this. Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah. has happened. And it's so crazy. Out of that, it's been a year, so it's kind of like, I could say like so fast, but I'm not going to lie. It's been pretty slow in terms of like I missing think, Kobe. I think I it's know. it's been extra slow because of how 2020 went basically after. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leading the events that came um, right afterwards. Um, but... Um, out of respect, you know, for anybody that's still um, dealing with the emotions of um, what happened. And, of course, out of respect for the Bryan family, we are not going to be addressing um, anything too much pertaining about um, the passing. But instead, we're going to be celebrating the life of Kobe Bryant because yeah. I feel like there's just so, so many moments to celebrate. Yeah. So many moments that we can just talk about. Oh no, it's just um, it's so crazy. I mean, for me, how I feel about it, I've just been, I still miss him, and I, I mean, I was always looking at footage of him and his basketball play style, yeah, and his mindset. So I'm just glad that I was able to, like, or me and also a ton of other people, you know, were able to get that opportunity to hear the stuff that he likes or enjoy or backstories about his career like after the fact you know like yeah. like him retiring in 2016 it was just good to get those even though it was you know four years feels short you know it's still like four years of like kobe touring the world doing tons of interviews writing books writing books like i think that was so cool because he was literally like, I remember people were like, wow, why he's winning Oscars, Academy yeah. Awards? What the heck? This is, like, a w great way to set off a retirement. And it's crazy, too, because he, he always had this belief. It's just, like, you know, I think it was in one interview where a veteran basketball NBA player was like, oh, man, you're going you're gonna to just sit back, relax, you know. But that's not Kobe. Yeah, and Kobe's just like, no, I'm not. I'm just gonna. I got more goals. I got. He's the next chapter of his life. Yeah. That was beginning. He did. He did retirement the right way, and nobody was, or ever, or was, or ever did retirement like him. Oh, absolutely. It was like he didn't even retire. He yeah. might have stepped away from the game of basketball, but a whole new life for him was beginning after yeah. basketball. I think and he definitely set the bar for retirement too exactly and i think um from interviews that i remember watching and um, when he talks about retirement and people who like his circle around him and people who personally knew him and how he was after retirement they said he was he seemed like a, a better like a different person a happier yeah. person yeah because you know he he got to do what he got to do and he knew i think he was the type of guy that came to terms and accepted that his body wasn't allowing him to play on the same type of level that he has been used to be playing for so many uh, so many years. Yeah. But he learned to accept that, and he learned to take... And yeah, he was hurt. He was hurt that he had to retire, and, you know, with that career-ending injury. Yeah. And nobody wants to end it like that, but he knew... I think he accepted that... That was his 
body's way of telling him that it was time to hang it up. Yeah. But his, but his the lover, his game, and his mental wasn't ready to let that wasn't ready to let that go yet. But once he came to terms with that reality and acceptance, yeah, he had a whole new life waiting for him in retirement, and yeah. he he did it the right way, you know, coaching his daughter's team. The books he, you know, the books, the insight, um, the knowledge, his interviews, and you know, he did detail on ESPN Plus. I love that. When he breaks down every single like, that's just so crazy. And all the interviews he did um, on the podcast that he that he participated in, it was just a lot of knowledge about him. That because it's hard to say because how do I say this? When you watch him play, he's a totally different person off the court Mm -hmm. you know Kobe as a player sometimes was not was very complex I'm not gonna say difficult Mm -hmm. maybe difficult on some levels if you're his teammate but he was just so complex as a player Mm -hmm. and they say like it's it's not so much insanity it was just an obsession yeah with the game of basketball because they say insanity is like when you do the same thing over and expect the same result but yeah. it was more so an obsession and for me a moment that was so special was i got to watch him coach his, his daughter's team oh yeah remember i told you yeah you did um our travel ball team was playing in the same tournament as um the mambas and the mambas were playing a different i think i forgot the team they were playing um that weekend but it was crazy because all the coaches and all the staff were in. Like, we knew that Kobe was going to be there. Yeah. But we, we kind of had to, like, do this, like, invisible NDA where we're like, we can't tell anybody outside of the staff and um, um, the crew members of the uh, uh, Swish tournament. Swish, Swish was the name of um, uh, the team that was hosting that tournament. And, like, you couldn't, we couldn't tell people, like, oh, we knew he was going to be there. We couldn't, like, because it was a basketball game. Nonetheless, it was a tournament. It was competition. Yeah. It was, people were professional there. You know, yeah. we couldn't, like, it wasn't, like, a fan event where, you know, you got to yeah. come and get your ball signed by Kobe. You get your shoes signed by Kobe. You get your jersey. But, nonetheless, even though we were trying to encourage people, hey, this is not a public event like that. You can't, like, you know, all the coaches knew, but we couldn't say anything. Yeah. Somehow there were still parents. There were still kids showing up. I remember kids were showing up with, like, brand new, like, Spalding balls still in the case, like, waiting for him to sign it. People showed up in jerseys. There were parents, like, with video cameras and all this stuff. And it, and it was cool because even the little child in me was like, man, None of these kids would ever understand how excited I am. Like, the little child in me, like, growing up watching him was so excited. But, like, I had to keep my composure because I had to be an example for the other kids on the team. But, you know, the crazy part was the little child in me was just so excited. And I just wanted to jump up and down. But, you know, it was still a game. He was in coach mode. You know, he it was his daughter's team. He was still very much a competitor. And it was funny to see because... You could see his daughter's mannerisms and his mannerisms are completely identical. But it, it was funny that you could, now that he's stepped 
out of being Kobe the player, yeah. he was Kobe the father, Kobe the coach. Yeah. And you, you you just see like his daughter's mannerisms. It's just, it was exactly it was crazy to watch. It was just like the female version of Kobe, and it was just it, it would to even sometimes it's like harder bring into words talking about that that uh, that one weekend that I got to see him, but it was it was really cool. And the little child inside me was really happy. And I think all the kids on the teamwork, there were even, we even had pictures where he was, they were sitting next to him on the bench. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty cool. And then there was one where I got to, I was like literally, like how we are sitting right now, I was yeah. probably that close yeah. to him. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Being Man. in the same, being in the same room and being in the same like space as, a basketball mind like him was yeah. pretty crazy. It was a really a childhood dream. I wish I come true. had experienced that. I mean, obviously, um, when I, I watched games in my younger days, <laughs> I'm sure you're not when, that I wa- old. when I watched his games, I was like, oh man. But yeah. uh, like, it's crazy how like sometimes you take advantage um, or you don't take advantage of like the incredible people. Mm-hmm. to inspire you like i could have i think i could have watched more of his games like whether it be on on tv or in person yeah i i think a part of me was kind of like man it's so tough like was it the media when it was his last two three years mm-hmm. the media was ripping him because he wasn't playing as peak kobe as he once was playing before he was trying to come back from a what a torn achilles yeah and then also an aging and it's not like they had like the a stacked roster with him yeah all these young bucks you know and he's like the oldest dude on the team the man still dropped 60 on his last game yeah and so like so when it comes to that like kobe was always like my favorite player Mm -hmm. and then like it was funny too because the players that he respected like the most was also happened to be like players that I really liked as well. Like Tracy McGrady, yeah. Hakeem Olajuwon, Kevin yeah. Garnett. And I was like, oh, Sam, these are like the players that he respects big time. Even mm-hmm. Paul Pierce too. Yeah. And so like, um, it was crazy. I'm just glad that we were able to get as much of like the Kobe tour as we could have gotten. And you know, the, Hey, if it was in his destiny, you know, yeah. to get called upstairs earlier than most, then maybe God's bringing up a basketball team or something. <laughs> but, you know, legends never die. Yeah. You know, I need to send you an interview, actually. For what? Uh, it was a podcast interview he did with Jay Shetty, and it was really cool. I listened to this probably about four times. Jay Shetty, I'm trying to think. Is he, it... He's done a lot of Facebook videos on like self realization, self awareness. Jay Shetty, I don't know. I'm trying he's to think. He's like if I've Indian British. He's got eyes that are very. Is like, it when he was eyes. wearing the mic, right here? Mm, no. Okay. Then I might have not seen that one. But yeah, the, one of the interesting things is that Kobe said, you know, that he has his muse hall in his, uh, the office, mm-hmm. the home office with like where the books and like his new projects and yeah. stuff like that. And he has his muse hall where he has pictures of all these people who are the muses, you know, Steve Jobs, yeah, Oprah Winfrey, all these people who have achieved like very huge accomplishments you know coming from 
like almost nothing. Yeah. And Jay Shetty was. Are also- you talking about? Have you? Sorry, real quick. That makes that brought up uh, made me think of the masterclass. Have you heard of that podcast? The masterclass podcast. Yeah. No. I think. I think it's Oprah's podcast. I think I ran across it a couple of times, but they have different um, celebrities come on there and they do like a masterclass of like basically a story of how it was like a uh, where they started and where they're at now, mm. how they their rise to to fame and success. Mm. Yeah, they call I, it the masterclass. Oh, I'll yeah. give it a listen. Uh, but yeah, he just break broke down the muses, and then Jay Shetty and him were talking, and it was like, yeah, I like that too, you know. It was like, yeah, I have this in my office too. Yeah. And Kobe was saying, he's like, yeah, of course. You know, even though they passed away, they we still are left with their stories, mm-hmm. and their stories will last, you know, for as long as they can be told. Yeah. And that hits so much harder, you know, more impactful now is coming from the same person, you know, yeah. after his passing. It's kind of like, yeah, that's so true. That's why, like. I'm so... This is probably one of the reasons why I'm going to read those kids' books. Oh, yeah. The, like, the series? Yeah. Cause the I, Wizard Art series? I actually was going to read them. Yeah. I bought two of his books. I bought the Wizard Art and I bought the... Uh, Have you read The Mama Mentality? I got no. it for Christmas. Oh, I still I, haven't finished it. I, oh, my God. But the pictures? I read it, too. The pictures? The Mama Mentality is a good book. And, and I'm reading Showboat right now. I've also read the magazines that they posted after. Oh, see. my gosh. But, yeah, so I was going to read those Wiznard and the yeah. the Tennis Queen one. Or yeah. Something in the Queen. And I was, like, so excited. I was getting from Barnes & Noble's. I was like, yeah, I can't wait to read these. And then the lady at the register, and I had three books. So I had the two Kobe books and one other book. Yeah. So the lady at the register was like, hey, would you like to donate a book? you know that uh do the kids you know book drive and i was like the book drive she's like yeah if you donate a book to the kids book it's it's gonna go to these kids you know who i forgot where they were coming from but these kids basically who have no books and the is whatever like, book you donate is going to go was to, it charity from Barnes and nobles or was it, it was a charity on behalf of uh, was it connected to the mamba foundation it was connected to Barnes and nobles specifically oh basically. okay so i just happened to buy these two books with kobe and i was gonna read them and i was yeah. like <sighs> and i really i looked at the books and i really felt the texture of the tennis book yeah that he which is awesome and i was just like ah oh, man some kids are gonna read this, and this is before he passed away. Mm-hmm. I was like, some kids are gonna read this, and it's gonna really enjoy this. You know, maybe even more so than me. I'm so inspired. And so yeah, I ended up giving the. I was like, here, take these two books and donate, it and I hope they enjoy it. And the register's like, really, these two books? Like, like it was literally. It's not like I went back to go pick them up. I had mm-hmm. them, and I was gonna buy them. <laughs> and, she, and she was like, oh, these two books? I thought you were gonna buy them. I'm like, yeah, just just donate it. Yeah. And uh, I don't know which kid has those books, but heck, it was awesome. And especially he might have changed his life. Or hers, yeah. Yeah, his and or her life. There was also another moment in time where it was, uh, it was this past Christmas. Yeah. Uh, where I went to Knott's Berry Farm with my girlfriend. And she, I mean, she took me to, it was like Knott's Berry Farm, like eating thing, where you pay like for five meals ahead of time. What is that? Yeah, I know, it's I really cool. I have not even heard of that. It's like an all day thing where you can stay at Knott's Berry Farm and you go to and you get food eat. Bus- that is so cool. I want to do that. Yeah. So at that <laughs> Knott's Berry Farm thing, I, I played the, 
the basketball hoop contest thing that Lonzo and Lamella have played before. Yeah. And I've played, at Knotts? Yeah, at Knotts. And I've Ooh. played at that one before, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know those rims are so rigged? It's actually... Okay, so... Not, <laughs> So there's one basketball hoop that looks regulation. Which one? It's the only one that they give the biggest prize to. I spent so ones, much money at the OC Fair one year, but I need to make so, a basket. So the other ones with the really orange rims that are like, they have four of them in one, or there's one that's really far away. Those are rigged. Those are totally oval shaped. And then with the one with the neck coming all the way down? Yeah, yeah. Those are so shaped. rigged. So... But, God, the, but the one in Knott's Berry Farm, it was like the hoop was, the rim was even, that stuff was a real rim. Yeah. But it was on a slope, and then the balls are actually deflated. So when I was shooting, I was like, what the? And the trajectory of the ball just sank. And I was like, man, this is tough. <laughs> and so, I, I, and then I, it was funny. I was shooting. I was trying to impress my girlfriend, and I did, so o- funny, I did okay. I did yeah. a way better when I was a kid. They probably, like, gave me a lighter ball. Um, and so, but after that, I got the basketball and it was like a Laker basketball. And I was like, oh yeah, I got to choose a Laker ball. Aww. And then, but here's the thing. I was, after I got the ball, I was kind of talking to my girlfriend. I was like, you know what? Like as we're walking around, it's like a part of me wants this, but then a part of me wants to give this away more. And she was like, really? Was it a signed ball? No, it wasn't. A oh, it was just a regular. Like, it was just ball. like a Laker colored yellow and purple. And it had ball. the logo on it. Yeah, I had the logo. I, okay. It wasn't a big deal. I was yeah. just like, I just want to give this more. And then so we sat down and we got our food from somewhere. Yeah. And then I put the ball, you know, uh, on my seat. And as I walked away, uh, uh, got forks and stuff like that, came back. And then there was this family. There was a mom and her kid, the little boy. And so they walk, got up and walked past, and I was eating. And then my girlfriend says, oh, my gosh, the little boy, you know, in front of us. I was like, yeah. She's like, he was just staring at the ball as Aww. he was walking by. Yeah. And I was like, he was? And she was like, yeah. So I just put my food down, and I grabbed the ball, chased after. I was like, where's the family? Which one? And then she had a stroller. Yeah. So then I said, hey, excuse me, um, do you mind if I, you know, give this to him? And she's like, what? And I, I said, here you go. And then this little boy with a ball was like bigger than half of his body. <laughs> I was like, here you go. And so I gave it to him. Um, and then uh, she was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I was like, well, it's Merry Christmas. And I kind of gave her like a, you know, safe high five. Yeah. And so. Air five? Yeah. No, I think it was a regular high five. Oh, Andrew. And then I walked back to my girlfriend. And I was just like, well, if that guy makes into the NBA, it's too bad I don't get his name. <laughs> you should have asked for his name. I know I should that should have been but he seems so shy he was Aww. just like but also that he really liked the fact that he got a basketball I was like oh here you go yeah but yeah it was uh but it's I think it was because of that passing type of thing passing information passing experience mm. passing something that's going to be more valuable to this person at this current time than it is for you at this point in time Does yeah that make sense? And that's yeah. something that also made me reflect about that one. That's great. Kobe, the gift of information in basketball. That is really, really, really great. Wow. So you were born three years after me? Yep. Three years after me? Yeah. Uh, 1992. Yes. Okay. So by the time you watched Kobe come into the league, what was there any distinct memories that you can actually remember 
about watching him. Maybe not so much his rookie year, but watching him, like, come into his own as a player. Come into his own as a player. I mean, do you remember the three-peats at all? I, I, okay, so. Because you would have been. I remember getting the first Shaq bear. Yeah, nine or ten. Oh, (laughs) true. I remember that. Nine or ten when they were winning their, uh, in the midst of their three-peat. Yeah, I was aware of it. Yeah. But I wasn't fully aware of it. Just, I don't know why. My dad, it's funny. My dad loved basketball, but he never, like, really showcased it to me. Mm-hmm. Which was so weird because I look back at family albums and photos. I'm like, wow, I'm wearing this MJ shirt. And all <laughs> stuff. I'm like, and I didn't know anything about basketball. Yeah. And so that, that was the funniest and thing. And it was a vintage shirt, too. Yeah, and Co- Kobe was my favorite player. Yeah. Like, even during that rift between, oh, do you keep Shaq? Do you keep Kobe? A lot of people like Shaq because he's funny. And the years that he big. wanted to get traded. Oh, yeah. That was rough. And even then, I was like, oh, yeah, that's my guy. <laughs> I was like, keep him. Yeah. And then people didn't realize his work ethic until, like, later later on. I don't think people realized his work ethic until later on and didn't very much give him his flowers for the way he worked was because he was a 13 pick. Yeah. You know, AI went number one. And not taking anything from AI. AI is, like, he's, like, one of my favorite players. Like, favorite top three players. Um, But I think people didn't, like, you know, people didn't respect and give him his flowers for his work ethic until he was able able to prove that he was able to win championships after the Shaq exit. Yeah. Um, The 81-point game, of course. The scoring titles. Um... Yeah, he was playing with a chip on his shoulder. It was always like, could he win without Shaq? Yeah. Because it really came down to who were they going to pick to to keep, Kobe or Shaq. Yeah. But Shaq was obviously, you know, he was the aging player. Yeah. So, of course, they were going to keep Kobe, but... Yeah, I think Kobe was like, bro, Shaq, if you had the same work ethic as me, you would have been the best, the best player ever. basketball player ever. And um, it was rough those couple of years after Shaq left. And, but like going back to what I going back to what I said, I think people didn't give him the respect. Like people respected him, but they they didn't give him the respect in terms of his work ethic and how he got to where he he was. Yeah. Because he wasn't a number one pick. He wasn't a top five pick. Yeah. He wasn't even a top ten pick. Yeah. He was a thirteen pick. Yeah. I mean, like, do you remember who went before Kobe? A lot of players. Do you remember who was picked, like, right before Kobe? Right before? No. Was it? Wasn't me. Did you forget? You're all hyping it up, too. I know, right? and I forgot, too. I know a few guys that went before him. But I'm just saying, like, Kobe went low. Like, he went 13. That's not even low, but coming straight out, you know, for him coming straight out of high school and what type of player he has at Lower Marion, like, that was a low pick for him. Yeah. And to see him become, you know, see him coming in as a rookie, you know, missing, airballing those shots. What was it? The Western Conference Finals? Was it he hit those two airballs? Oh, Kobe was, yeah. So, Vitaly Potapenko. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was some funky name that went before him. But, yeah. He didn't, he didn't start off coming into the, the league like, 
explosive. You know, mm-hmm. he he came in as a rookie. He came in making his mistakes. He came in and paid his dues. Yeah. But were like worked to get to where he he wanted to be. You know, he was like he was literally a definition of staying in the gym. He was always in the gym. He was always working, always trying to get better. But to see his growth and to see his different transitions, becoming to be being the rookie, being being able to exist without Shaq, being able to stand on his feet when the championships post Shaq. Yeah. Um, Love those. Two Hall of Fame careers, eight and twenty-four. I know. So you have your jersey retired. Two numbers. Two numbers. Retired and. What's crazy is that between those two numbers, he put up almost the same, like, performance and points. Yeah. Three yeah, championships in number eight and then two in 24. Yeah. Was it 24 won the MVP? Hmm? 24, was, 24 won the MVP, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, but number eight was just so exciting to watch. I number know. eight that's was some tough competition for yeah. the MVP <laughs> as a number eight. Number Tim eight, Tim Duncan, <sighs> KG, AI. But number eight was just so exciting to see. Yeah. And you know, any real Kobe fan knows like, Froby was was different. Froby was different, and that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't come into the explosive. He you you got to see the rookie mistakes. You got to see. Because anybody that was a later generation fan of Kobe, I think, didn't see the imperfections, didn't see the miss, the air balls, didn't see, you know, the mistakes. But they always saw Kobe at his best, the later generation fans. But us, like kids growing up and seeing how he came straight into the league from high school and seeing him grow, the transitions and the progress and stuff like that, it it was crazy to watch. Yeah. Like, wa- basically watching him walk so these other players could after run. him could run. Yeah. Exactly. Paving the way with Trailblazer. That's, that's what I want to call him, a Trailblazer. And being this inspiration to players like... Players in the league today who grew up watching Kobe. Even players who were younger than us who grew up watching him. And, yeah. and the way they talk about him, the way, you know, they idolize him on and off the court. And I think it's safe to say, like, even if you don't watch basketball or you don't pay attention to sports in general, even people outside of the just the game of basketball, people who just relate to his work ethic, period his mentality and you know the kind of father he was kind of family man he was what he meant to everybody not just bas- in the basketball world but what type of role model and an all-around hero he was to all of us yeah so take he really established himself aside from basketball you know what i mean like there's some people you take away basketball from them and it's like we, I don't know this person. I don't know this basketball player. Yeah. I don't know this man. I know this, this athlete. Mm-hmm. 
because of the sport they play. Yeah. But you take away basketball from this guy, you can still see what type of person he is. You know? No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> I was trying to, like, whisper because I was, like, yawning in the way. But yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Like, seriously, like, this yeah. guy's done so much. And he he really enjoyed basketball. He loved basketball. And it was kind of like, like, I like the fact that he wanted to do more than just one thing. You know? Right. He expanded his horizons when it came to basketball. Uh, like, like, he's an entrepreneur, too. Mm-hmm. Like, entrepreneur. Great businessman. Entertainer. Yep. Businessman. Um, and it's so cool how he's been able to keep the same mindset. Mm-hmm. And also, that's why I, this is one of the things that I kind of actually wanted to bring up to you later on. Yeah. But like game changers in terms of like people who have changed the game. I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, Kobe's like, in my book, he's one of these people. Yes, of course. You know? And But it's different from what other people would assume. So like Michael Jordan, bro, you changed the game on like being able to stop one person from scoring and defense and everything. Yeah. You know, uh, Shaquille O'Neal is too big. You got freaking clog up the paint. Yeah. Change the rules. Kobe changed the game in terms of he could literally score on anybody. Yeah. And I would even add to that the fact score that Score through he, any defense. The fact that Kobe changed the game by having high standards for himself and a mm-hmm. huge work ethic. Yes. I think that is something that was not seen. Maybe Michael Jordan, but Michael Jordan golfed for his own therapy you know, yeah yeah kobe for his therapy was like his family yeah and so but other than that like the way he trained is not even similar to like how like it's more than what michael jordan trained you know and then they had the same trainer at one point in time and he even said it mm-hmm. but like i think the work ethic and the amount of meticulous work that is done I think a lot of players, that's changed the game. So now you see more players working on their craft, working on their game, a whole lot more than when Kobe first entered the league. Yeah. When Kobe first entered the league, there were guys who were like, I train, I practice when we practice. But at that point in time, it was kind of like they had their own families. They were like full-grown men. Yeah. And they just, basketball wasn't their focus. Yeah. He comes in, blows it up. All of a sudden, now you got guys who want to focus more on basketball like d wade lebron they focused way more after they they did the olympics with kobe because he set that standard yeah oh y'all not training twice (laughs) three times a day and this if you read like his books and you listen to his interviews and you pay attention this guy gets like four hours or three hours of sleep a night Mm -hmm. he's training two or three times a day like he he feels like he works best at like 3 a.m yeah and 4 a.m and when he structured his life he still made by time seven a.m. Yeah, by seven. Yeah. he would work out. He would get his day started by like three or four a.m. He would work out, so he would be done by like seven a.m., eight a.m. So he can take his daughters to school. Yeah, go back to training, and then pick up his daughters, and then go back to practice. That's a big thing. Yeah, especially if you're like. For him to most... get his day started at three a.m. Yeah. just so he can fit in time. With his children, yeah, that's that that type of energy and that type of dedication is so unmatched. That's fathers right there, mm-hmm. and that sets the and bar a, too. And a best athlete, yeah, yeah. It's like what, and I I love the fact that it's like 
he never had excuses. Mm-hmm. Like, even when he said something, it's like, oh, this is bothering me. He'd be like, he'll train to where it doesn't bother him anymore. Yeah. So like, he's like, okay, this is bothering me now. Not an excuse. Now I know, like, I've got to come up with solutions. Yeah. yeah. So I really like that mentality because it's like, when you have no excuses, then you just have reasons to substitute those excuses. Mm-hmm. So like the famous Shane Battier, hand to the face. Yeah. He's like, okay, I could either make an excuse like I missed the shots because of the hand to the face, or this could be my reason to be able to score regardless of where your hand placement that is. That is crazy. He elevated the game when he started doing that. And Shane Battier said in an interview he was like i wouldn't say i'm a kobe stopper i was more like a kobe i was like almost like a a yellow light <laughs> where, it's, where you think he's slow down but he just sped up yeah. <laughs> we just slow, we just slowed down yeah that's crazy um his shot his fade away do you want to break down the mechanics of that of i think we did it before the hand to the face no, the mechanics of the fadeaway. Yeah. No, we... Yeah. Yeah, we broke that down before. Yeah, because you have to have the where with the leg, the coordination. Yeah. And then just that whole body in unison. Mm-hmm. And then still make the shot. And then you have a defender. And then you have a... Double brain. defenders? Two defenders, three, four. Oh, my gosh. Um, But, yeah, his mid-range game is just... Yeah. I think what was a huge testament Unbelievable. He... You can do it. Anything, like, you can definitely do anything you set your mind to. You yeah. just got to know how many hours or what you got to do, mm-hmm. and then just do it. Because, you know, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I'm going to be a Zion Williamson. I don't think a lot of kids can relate to Zion Williamson. Yeah. Or LeBron, or even a Michael Jordan at times. Yeah. But, like... A Kobe, like he wasn't the most athletic. That's what he I'm saying. He <laughs> he is just a great he he put in time he put in time work and a lot of sacrifice mm-hmm. to become the basketball player that he was. Yeah, he's not the most athletic. He's not the tallest. He yeah. came out when he was like six six. Yeah, and six he's not the strongest girl. either. Yeah. Not the strongest. Or even for his position, he not, wasn't like super strong. Not the fastest, but a great defender. Yeah, and I think uh, what I always, my biggest argument whenever it comes to like people like comparing, oh, this player was better than Kobe or this one. Yeah. Kobe, I'm like, bro, think about it. If this person, if you put Kobe in that person's body, mm-hmm. are they better or are they worse? And if you say they're better... Kobe is better. <laughs> <laughs> just just that alone. Yeah. Because I asked that too. It's like LeBron. And it's not a bash in LeBron, but I'm not going to lie. If you put LeBron in Kobe's body, you will not be getting the same results. Exactly not. And, and that's just the uniqueness of certain players that like athleticism, IQ, and mm. training just go crazy. But then with Kobe, it's like if you take all his training – and you put it into another player, that player has a fighting chance. Like, right. Like, let's put put his IQ, his training, just put it in any, like, maybe one-time all-star or, like, subpar role player. Yeah. Like, 
Let me think of one. <laughs> Aaron Aflalo. Yeah. Like, or Jay. Oh my gosh. If you put J.R. if you put all the training that Kobe does and you put in J.R. Smith. And what a shooter he is. Holy Jesus. Bro, this guy's J.R. Smith. Contender for Nick <laughs> Young. You put a, all this stuff in Nick Young. Wow. Only player I would think maybe you might not put in because they're very similar. Mm -hmm. uh, would probably be Gilbert Arenas. <sighs> no chill, Gil. Love yeah. that guy. Yeah. That guy was deadly. I mean, he did give Kobe 60. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's like the biggest accolade. Yeah. Because of the whole guns thing and then also him not playing or getting touches as much and then being in shape. But in terms of a shooter, a <laughs> yeah. sniper, an assassin. He gave the Lakers 60. I looked at back <laughs> at it. Kobe wasn't guarding him the whole time. Okay, he gave the Lakers 60. The Lakers with the Kobe. I forgot how, how many points did Kobe score in that game? I don't remember. 30? Could you imagine if it was 59? Oh, Lord. That I'm pretty sure funny. I was in the 30s. That would be funny. Let me see. Oh. But, um, but, yeah, I think... Anybody can relate to Kobe. Not you don't even have to be an, an athlete to relate to Kobe. But just taking his work ethic and um which is what sets him apart from everybody else. Um but yeah. I'm like trying so hard to not bring up um old emotions and me processing the thought of, you know, the tragedy that happened a year ago and I'm I'm really trying not to to relive the you know and go through the motions again but but yeah I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say that you know I was I was hurt for a long time um I definitely knew I wasn't the same for a long time but moving on from trying to move on and process you know some days you think you move on and some days you know you have your moments but trying to move on from the grief and trying to keep pushing and living my life um with the best intention and more hope and stuff like that it was just the timing of the events what happened what happened afterwards us making it here a year later you know despite everything else that was going on in the world like it wasn't just you know his you know that tragedy it was everything else that was going on in the world yeah. i think moving on after the year 2020 there was a little light at the end of the tunnel especially i think what started off was what sparked the light was the Lakers winning the championship. Oh, yeah. That was the highlight. You know, not just for Laker fans, but and all the for Kobe anybody shoes. who... Yeah, for anybody who... Yeah, the Kobe shoes, the Grinches, and anybody who was who is or was a Kobe fan. So, but yeah, um, not talking about the emotions is hard, but realizing that you have to understand, you know, those emotions are natural and, you know, you're allowed to feel that. Sometimes you relapse in the emotion, you, you know, you're upset and you're sad and you question, like, you question God. You said, why? Why this person? You know, why somebody that was 
beginning to start a new chapter in their life? Why somebody that has made such an impact? Why somebody that was my childhood hero? Why somebody that, you know, inspired me and motivate me, helped me get through times, helped me find some, you know, inspiration, find a reason to keep going and for anybody that he was or is a role model too, you know, not just, can't even imagine just stepping the foot of, you know, his loved ones and family members and all like that. But sometimes, you know, you, you question like, why did, why did this happen? But I think, you know, moving on and trying to process everything and pushing forward and learning to live your life with more purpose Mm -hmm. and with every, I think when that happened and the events that 20 with in that happened in 2020 in general, it taught us a lot of perspective. It taught us that maybe in a way, this was a sign that we all need to slow down. You know, sometimes we spend time chasing money. Yeah. Chasing other material things chase you know running constantly running after something and chasing something that we don't take time to slow down and really live in the moment really appreciate the moment really get back to family really get back to ourselves and i think in a way with everything that happened it taught us to come back to that yeah do you feel that you do do you think that was the case? Or how do you feel? Man. Ah, oh, it's tough. It, it's crazy to think that it took loss for us to come back to that. I think... Um, but nonetheless, it does force us back. Yeah, I think yeah, there's definitely a reflection period, you know? Yeah. I think it made me think more about um, my loved ones. Right, exactly. Um, my work. Yeah. Um... Like, just, I think one one of the things in my work, they actually said it. It's like, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. And I feel like that's a big one with Kobe. It's like, how he did anything was how he did everything. Right. So. Keeping the same energy. Yeah. So, I think when it comes to the same mindset of just, like, treat this in the way that is like the most grateful mm-hmm. and the way that you feel that if treated correctly, like there's no, there's no regret, you know, or if treated the most out of what you have, yeah, there's no regret. So I think that's one of the biggest things. And like, that's translated into my school. That's translated to my work, you know, like, and that's, and also like how I go about doing things, you know? Yeah. Whether now I play basketball, I'm just like, oh, you know, practicing right for that game winner. Some of these days outside of COVID, I'm like, shimmy, shimmy, step back, oh, fake, hezzy, between the legs, fade away. Yeah. Make. So, like, I guess, yeah, so it really helped me get into the mindset of like, do things because you want to do them. And mm-hmm. if you're going to choose to do those things, do it to the best of your ability. Because there's no point in not doing it to the best of your ability. Right. Because you don't gain anything from it. Mm-hmm. If you do every, if you do things to the best of your ability, 
you gain the experience of, let's say you fall short, be like, perfect, now I can learn from this. Or let's say you succeed, perfect, now look how far I've come and I learned from that. Yeah. So I think that's, he's a very good example of that. You know, learning from your mistakes, giving your best and uh, working and practicing to get the best shot out of whatever opportunity you have. Mm-hmm. Damn, I feel like it's a mic drop. I just laughs. Favorite in the clutch moment from Kobe. Oh, there's just so many. But your favorite in the clutch moment. From Kobe? Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't. Okay, let's not say in the clutch, but your favorite moment from oh, Kobe. Oh, that's tough. Because <laughs> there's so many. Yeah. I've watched so many of his games, the game winners, the non-game winners. Some of the, so not even game, game winners, winners. Some of them where he just shot it and they put him up the lead or a shot that was really big. And the diff, the difficulty level of the move. And you know what's crazy? Here, I'll, I'll tell you this. Mm. Is that with his. With his resume, the things that I remember the, in the clutch moments is that I remember the people I was with or the environment that I was in, you know? That's the thing that I remember so vividly because I remember moments where it was Kobe against the Warriors mm-hmm. in the playoffs. and No, not in the playoffs. It was the last game. This is the last game before... He, the game that he tore his Achilles. Oh, you were going to bring up my moment. And so... My favorite moment is when he walks back out and shoots the free throws. Yeah, so I was going to say that, but mm-hmm. it's actually before that. What? Because he was going on a tear. He was, like, willing his team to win this game before yeah. the free throws. Mm-hmm. And there was one three in particular. He was shooting it from what is now Curry range, but I say Kobe range just because I'm like, bro, he was shooting it this far anyway. Yeah. And so... And he shot it, and my brother and I were in the room, and we're like, "What?" Like when we when he shot the ball, we're like, "Don't you when you feel like you, whoever you're with at the time, and you're watching a Kobe game, and don't you? I I think that's what you're about to bring up is like the energy, yeah, that you had with some the people that you're with, like what type, yeah. what type of emotion he evokes out of you." Watching watching him play. Yeah, and I think the coolest thing about it is that there are people, like, doesn't matter who you are, when you watch a game with whomever, like, and it was Kobe playing, you're like, man, how did he do that? Like, yeah. that's for everybody. Even basketball players, like, how did he do, this? How did he do that? Even people who don't even watch basketball. So when he shot the three, <laughs> yeah, so when he shot the three, my brother and I jumped up. We're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And I was just like, who is this guy? <laughs> Jeez Louise. And we're so pumped. And yeah. then after every basket, it was You crazy. guys were young too. I remember going to the old house and like you guys would always ask me a bunch of basketball. Like we got out you guys always ask me a bunch of basketball stuff. Like, oh you remember seeing this game and what do you think about this and da 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 and you guys used to be so excited. It was sick. when Kobe was still playing in the NBA. Yeah, hell yeah. Every game that we talked about. I was so pumped. So that was like a in the clutch moment because it was it was before the free throws and the Achilles tear, but it was just the way it made me feel because I was like, the balls 
or the vagina to, to, <laughs> to shoot that three. She's always... <laughs> and it, it's a, it, it goes to his preparation, his practice, and also the fact that I'm like, bro, there hasn't been a single... Body sh- control. Yeah, there hasn't been a single shot that Kobe's taken that I've seen where I felt like he didn't think he could make it. Yeah. There hasn't been a single... I honestly was like after he shot i was like he knew he was going in i'm like he thinks he's going in yeah i'm like he thinks he's got but shot the way this. he moved yeah the way that he moved to release that shot yeah it's like there's no way this is going in yeah but it's just that's what i'm saying the difficulty level and what he puts into the work that and the raptors game <laughs> same year same year i mean obviously uh there's more recent but like and I know the old Kobe and all those games too, mm-hmm. but it was just the environment that I was in. I was in a the American no. I was at the Map Sports Center. Oof. And Kobe's had like games over there with his uh, girls. I think you mentioned this to me before. Yeah. Yeah. And so we were all watching the Raptors game. Yeah. After we had just played, and but the thing is, you know basketball players if you ball in you know there are some games where you pay attention other games you don't mm-hmm. you know but this one had the entire whole map center everyone was bunched around in the lobby looking at one tv screen mm-hmm. it was like a flat screen it wasn't huge but they didn't have like, a lot of tvs at the time at the map they, they didn't yeah and so everyone was looking at it they're like wow and so kobe like <laughs> pump fakes pump fakes yeah boom, three <laughs> and then steve nash makes it three and then kobe Point two seconds, three. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? It, and everyone, it was so awesome because everyone was so pumped and no one wanted to leave because yeah. they didn't want to miss out. Yeah. And just those moments alone where you're kind of just watching, like, your favorite player and the player that you're like, bro, this guy's, like, the closest thing to MJ. Oh, my God. That's and, and it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. was like probably one of my favorite moments is the the um It was painful to watch, but at the same time seeing him walk back on the court and the guy literally just tore his Achilles. And seeing him walk back on the court and sink those two free throws at that. Um I think that was the moment that in my head solidified that nobody was touching this guy in terms of um, being mentally tough, being physically tough, and the type of work ethic that, and exa- the type of example that he exemplified for his teammates and everybody around him. Because, yeah. you know, people, people want to say all these things about, oh, the ball hog, blah, blah, and stuff like that. But it was like, you knew that was the right guy to put the ball in the hand. To, to put the ball in his hands. Yeah. He was that dude. He worked to be that dude. You know what I mean? He w- he didn't come out the gate and he was like, oh, last minutes of the game, we're putting the ball in his hands. No. He worked to deserve that title. Yeah. And I don't, and I don't think... Like, I try to explain that to a lot of the Gen Z Kobe fans. and But I think there are a lot of kids who... They didn't grow up in that era, but they still watch tape. They still learn the history. They still, yeah. like, and they understand what type of player he is. And that's actually pretty neat to watch. 
and especially with the kids that we had coached at that time and just to watch them understand and talk about Kobe even though you know they were born so late so much later down the line um but yeah that was definitely one of my favorite Kobe moments um his last game too yeah 60 points I like that that was pretty clutch yep especially to be dead tired like and everybody just everyone knew everybody was just gonna give him the ball that game <laughs> like it's his last game with the ball I think I think the funny thing is it's like you have to score like you got it's not like he had like 20 free throws <laughs> you gotta like put the ball into the basket and he and he was tired he's beaten so many injuries like I yep. remember there was a photo uh, there was someone who created a graph mm-hmm. of every single injury Kobe's had. And it was crazy. It literally covered his entire body. But yeah. I was like, bro, could you imagine having all those injuries? He had that really bad. Did he have that ankle surgery? It was an ankle or knee surgery back knee in the surgery. 90s. It was the knee surgery back in the 90s. That was a big one. Yeah, and he's had, I think, one of his knees drained. And that was in yeah. 2007. And then playing with that broken index finger. Yeah. And then the shooting the, finger? All the other fingers. I think On the shooting the, hand. You look at all the his hands in interviews, you could see like... It was just like... Fractured. Yeah. Broken. But like all of that stuff. Yeah. Being his age and then to shoot as many shots as he took. In the game where he literally went to the bench and got his finger popped and then went back into the game. Yeah. Yeah, and this Jazz team the needed grid. a win. They yeah, needed a win to go to a playoff. Yeah, and I think people, they, I, I think people kind of over dramatize like, oh, Gordon Hayward, all this Jazz team was going soft. Mm-hmm. I was like, Gordon Hayward even said it himself, and he was the best player on that team. Yeah, he was like, bro, we were trying to win that game. Yeah, <laughs> he was like, think about it. It is a disservice to the greatest competitor mm-hmm. that you don't compete. Right, like, bro, you show up. Yeah. And so, like, I think that was the coolest thing. Um, he brought them. the best out of people. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely did. That's why I always think of, like... Say what you want about him being, a, you know, the discipline and about him, you know, the way he talked to his teammates and the years that they were losing. Yeah. Say what you want. But that guy demanded the best out of people yeah. because he is he, the best. Yeah. And it, it, it was kind of like... He's like, uh, what did he do? It's like he he put in the work, so he knew what it took. Yeah. And so he was kind of like, this is what it's going to take. This is what it requires. Yeah. Your current state. And he he had no problem pointing it out. Exactly. And he said it differently than this, but he was like, your current state is not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Because I've been there. Yeah. And because I'm Kobe Bryant. Like, that's what I would think in my mind. Yeah. Like, that's why when people are like, oh, he yelled at his teammates. I'm like, yes, he did. That's just his people means of People thought he was a bad teammate, yeah. I was like, that's his means of communication. I was like, think about it. Would he yell at you if you were two times better than you were? Mm. Would he yell at you if you five times better than you were? Mm, yeah. Ten times? And so I think sometimes people don't really think about that because it's like... It's different between someone yelling at you as a form of punishment versus someone's yelling at you at a form of encouragement. Right. And it's like, 
and it's it's especially if you know where they're coming from. If mm-hmm. all these players trained with Kobe, they would be huge different realm of respect. Right. But I can guarantee you none of the players trained with him. There was only one player that the Lakers said that trained with Kobe while he was there, mm-hmm. like the most, and yeah. that was Karan Butler. Unfortunately, he got chipped out. But yeah. like he went to the Wizards, and he played great there. Yeah. But like, think about it. Like, if there were players that were really in it, and they trained with Kobe, how good would they be? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there had to be a trainer that trained with Kobe, just saying. Must be the best trainer. <laughs> yeah. But um Yeah, I think we're I think we should just leave it leave it at this. Because if we keep going, I'm just I'm just gonna, gonna cry. Keep, I'm not I don't know not so much cry, but I'm trying so not to talk about I'm not trying to talk about the emotion or what I felt right after what happened. So out of respect for his family, so we should just wrap it up here unless there's something else you want to talk about that you think should would be appropriate uh, what's what's the what is one thing that you feel like what's one piece of knowledge that or wisdom that Kobe has imparted onto you that you feel like you'll be practicing for the rest of your life um The key, it was one of his quotes, too. The key is to help somebody find out what it is they're good at. And basically, the quote was, inspire somebody, someone else to find their best asset. What is it that they're good at? What is it that they want to do? And inspire them to be good at it. Whatever it is that they Try help them figure it out. What it is that that they want to do, and help them pursue it. Cause they, the thing with him it was like, cause you know, there's some moments when you feel like you're floating. You don't feel like you're going into. You don't feel like there's direction. You feel like you're lost. You feel like, cause I had moments like that in my life when I felt like that. Like I didn't have a sense of direction of where I wanted to go in terms of career, in terms of goals, in terms of um, things that I wanted to achieve. And seeing him play, watching his progress, the movements of his body, the way he inspired others, the way he was so hard on himself to be the best. Yeah. And... That would that trickled down to how he was with people around him. His you know demand for perfection, you know, just to be the best. But later on in life, when he transitioned away from basketball, and the you know the books that he wrote, the things that he said, yeah. you know the the knowledge, the all this insight that he was presenting to people, that he was able to express, you know, through books and stuff like that and being able to read that. It's like, you didn't, you saw that on display in Kobe, the basketball player, but to hear him actually say it, to hear him actually 
speak to you in a sense where it was like him he was speaking directly to you in his yeah. books that's something i'm going to carry on with me for the rest of my life is the ability to ins- try to inspire somebody else to do what it is that they want to do and be yeah. great at it you know so that's what i'm saying you don't even have to be an athlete you don't even have to follow basketball you don't even have to it's like generational impact exactly it's like Kobe Bryant was Kobe Bryant. He was the generational hero. He wasn't just Kobe Bryant, the best athlete. He wasn't just Kobe Bryant, you know. He won one more ring than Shaq Kobe Bryant. He was he was just he was a hero. He was a hero to everybody. He was the generational hero. Um and my child my childhood hero nonetheless. So when the news broke I'm not gonna go too deep into it but when the news broke of what happened and stuff like that it was like a part of my childhood and what I remember the out like me using sports me channeling energy into studying the sport is like that part of my childhood went away really I feel like in the beginning, I felt like it died with his memory. Mm. But as time... I think that was just the initial reaction for a lot of people. Yeah. But as time went on and, you know, you start to let yourself open up and heal and stuff like that. You realize that, you know, his, his words, you know, the example he was. And... Seeing people around me, seeing the kids that, you know, I coached and seeing how much he inspired a a later generation of kids, even though they didn't grow up, you know, the time to really understand who who he came into as a player. Yeah. But just by watching his film and by way of mouth, like understanding the word that was passed down about what type of player he was. Yeah. That is what inspired me to kind of... That is what helped me move on, basically. Helped me heal. Yeah. And sometimes you don't really truly heal because that doesn't... That... The physical sense, the physical being never comes back, right? But the spirit, the energy, the impact, the stories of what people are going to keep you know stories that people are going to keep passing on from generation to generation to generation from so many you know so many years from now people are still going to be talking about him it's just somebody that never leaves your your mental Mm -hmm. you know it's like you see him in anything and everything that you do or in you see him in so much of anything and everything that you like that you watch on television especially in the game of basketball like you see so much of him in a lot of athletes mm-hmm. and i think that's the memory of him that's always going to keep living on forever and ever that's pretty powerful especially because you have to have that it almost seems like a roller coaster yeah and and i think when i think that's such a big thing is because a lot of people i mean sometimes we forget like why do we have kids? Why do? Why is it so important to teach kids? Why is mm-hmm. it so? Important? It's like because that's the next generation. You mm-hmm. know, everyone wants to make generational impact, and 
but it's like no one ever talks about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, why do you want to make this money for your grandkids? Or why do you want to make this money for your kids? Potential kids or potential grandkids. Yeah. It's just like, oh, oh, because of this. Yeah. Because, and so I think that's pretty powerful that you feel that way. And yeah. then also one of the things is, uh, for me that I'll always take is like do one thing um, just to get the pendulum. So one thing a day. And, like, train. Become obsessed of the things that you really want. Yeah. In life. You know? He believed he could win nine championships. <laughs> and I was like, damn. Uh, and so... So I think that's so awesome. Yeah. So, for me, I'm just thinking in my head. I'm like, oh. Like, what do I want? Right. And then he he did math. He did the simple math, which is cool because my work says the same thing. It's like, mm-hmm. figure out what you want. And figure out how many hours or how many minutes or what would you have to do to get that. Yeah. And just reverse engineer. Just like, okay, I would have to do this, this, and that. So I want to be better at basketball for sure. So that's why I put in the time every day. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm not on the court on rainy days, I'll like touch the basketball, dribble a little bit. Just right. get familiar with it. Just familiar with whatever you want to do mm-hmm. and so like with my work you know i get familiar with the numbers i get familiar with people getting to talk to people listening yeah always investing in myself and he and lebron like i feel like those people really invest in themselves in order to get to that next level exactly and and i and also one of the things he kind of points out is just like or he described in an interview it's like the next level of you doesn't have to be the next level of someone else exactly you know like even if you as long as you're getting better than the previous day and that was the mama mentality yeah mm-hmm. like everyone thinks it's like oh massive action massive right. result it's like no it's just like go eat 10 you know one a yeah day, then go to a 10 and then you and get each to... thing that you learn you have to practice mm-hmm. yeah Reps over and over and over and over. That's why I don't like it when people say practice makes perfection. I'm like, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Perfection is like 100%. Yeah, practice makes progress. Practice makes progress, but Mm -hmm. also practice breeds confidence. Yes. Like, I can't count how many times where... Like, when you're the least confident, Mm -hmm. it's because you never practiced. (laughs) And a lot of it is very mental. Yeah. A lot of it is very much whatever whatever you instill in your head. Yeah. And whatever you, gotta, you speak into your mind. Yeah, take the leap. Pull yeah. the trigger. And I think that was... And then just action. So mm-hmm. I know practicing, training, investing in yourself, and then taking action, you know? Yeah. Like he... Uh, in, a, in, in an interview, he was talking about how he, he was scared. Kobe was scared about writing books. Dude. And this man is... I don't think he's ever been scared to do anything or ever actually openly display that he was yeah. scared about anything. So he said he was scared of writing the books because all he had written were like ads. And when you write ads, there's no author behind it. And it's crazy that after retirement, you learn to see the human side of Kobe Yeah. Bryant. Before, you never saw that. Yeah. And so he said in the interview, he was just like, yeah, like I was really scared. <laughs> he was like, you scared? He's writing the book. He's human. I was yeah. Like, yeah, it's just like I never wrote it, 
books and I wrote ads. No one really looks at those. Mm-hmm. But he was like, but it was like a passion of mine to try to translate it, to put it on a book cover, you know, and, and his own writing. And then uh, one of the things is he was he was really contemplating about it. And it was Gigi who was like, why don't you just do it? <laughs> and he, <laughs> like his and, daughter and so he much was like, like what do you mean? Yeah. And she's like, well, it's like you always tell, tell us, Dad, like, are you going to talk about it or are you going to be about it? Yeah. And so I was like, damn. And then he said, and he said the same thing. He was like, I was like, damn, okay. And then so as soon as she called him out on it, she just did it. Yeah. So it's like, you're going to talk about it or you're going to be about it. So being about it is like taking action. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do all the prep work you want. If you're not taking action, that prep work is useless. Yeah. Got to execute. Mm-hmm. So that's what I want to take away. Yeah. I feel like there's just so much, but doing, um, there's so much, so many parts of Kobe's career and that we're going to eventually, or obviously touch down, down the line, but it's got to be like a three-parter. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk about, you know, his rookie season, number eight, number 24. Yeah. After it, retirement. You know, one of these days we should do a muse thing. Yes. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to be Kobe, but it could be like, you know, anybody. Mm-hmm. And then what was their, like, in the clutch moment? Yeah. But for their life. Yeah. You know? Like, we had, like, you basically tell me, like, one person, like, a, a muse of Kobe's was, like, Steve Jobs. And we basically do the research <laughs> and we're like, this is a story of Steve Jobs. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. See you but this is something that we're definitely going to touch again down the line. Oh, because sure. of its, uh, its, uh, its value. It's a tribute episode and. You know, we wanted to drop this in a timely manner um, since his, um, it would have been one year since um, the anniversary of um, his passing. But, you know, we're here, we're celebrating his life, we're celebrating his compliment, uh, his accomplishments, um, and what type of impact he made on us personally. Um, and I'm sure whatever type of impact he's made on all you guys who are listening. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, we're going to end it here. Although the topic of Kobe Bryant never ends in, <laughs> yeah. in any of our conversations. But, you know, um, we want to keep it a little short and sweet. Uh, only because there's still a lot of uh, emotions that are high uh, with the anniversary coming up but by the time this this is a special anniversary episode so when it drops you know we're trying to drop it in a timely manner actually on the day of so yeah um thanks for listening and you know let's all continue to inspire and motivate each other to find out what it is that we want to do and motivate each other to be good at it yeah just like Kobe inspired all of us or continues to inspire all of us. So, Hell yeah. You want to close it out, Andrew? Hell yeah. <laughs> so thank you for listening to In The Clutch Podcast. And if you want to like, share, comment, we have our Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we also have the Spotify. And this is on Apple Podcast. Yes, Apple Podcast. Apple Music. Yeah, and um, you know, share this information. And if you have any thoughts about your own experience with Kobe or any type of life lesson that you want to kind of send us you know just comment on our post or 
even just send us a message or DM of anything that really impacted you about Kobe mm -hmm. or anything that Kobe has done, whether it be uh, books, championship, outside of the Academy Awards, all, I mean, there's so many things. Anything mm -hmm. he said or done, mm -hmm. feel free to DM us and share. We'd love to share, repost or reshare your thoughts and your experiences as well. Yeah. So thank you for listening to In The Clutch Podcast. And as Kobe used to say, Mamba out. But in this case, we're going to say Mamba out, but never gone. Oh. Ooh, but um, we love you, Kobe. Mamba forever. Um, just thank you. Thank you for inspiring us. Thank you for your gift. And thank you for showing it to this world. And yeah, um, thanks for listening, guys. And this is a special episode dedicated to Kobe Bryant. And we will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.